All right, all of Wildcard Weekend is now officially in the books. We had a whole bunch of blowouts. We got to talk about where Arizona's headed from here. Also, Mike Mayock out in Las Vegas. We got to talk about that and just where the NFL is headed over the next week, which should be a big one here on the Locked On NFL podcast. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, it is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us after a very, very fun Super Wild Card Weekend. It is our Tuesday episode, so you've got Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL, myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA with you on this Locked On NFL Tuesday. Thank you so much, as always, for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. Luke, the Super Wild Card Weekend is in the the books. We got our first Monday night wild card playoff matchup between the Los Angeles Rams, who are hosting the division rival Arizona Cardinals, and a proper thrashing of those Cardinals, mm-hmm. thirty-four to eleven. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, no turnovers, allowed only one sack, controlled, dominated time of possession. OBJ's out there throwing at one point for more yards than Kyler Murray. This was a rough game for the Arizona Cardinals. It was terrible. It was all terrible. There was at one point where. He OBJ, OBJ had like the one completion for 40 yards. And at that point, Kyler Murray had like 28. It was not That's unreal. Yeah, it was not. This great. is going to be a must listen week on Locked on Cardinals. They are going to have drop some heat over there. Those guys are mad. You better believe it. <laughs> Those you guys are like it. lighting up group chats right now. Those two <laughs> boys are mad. And they have every reason to be because that was a Absolutely. disaster. Um, look. Like you said, no turnovers for the Rams. And if the Rams can keep those stupid, weird Matt Stafford disaster mistakes out, they can go toe to toe with anybody. I'm excited to see them go forward. But the Cardinals, y'all, how do you come out that flat in a playoff game against a division rival? You should be juiced for that. And they just couldn't get it together. I think the, the game that Cliff Kingsbury called was awful. There was no bread and butter to it. There was no staple. It seemed like everything the Cardinals could do could only do if Cliff Kingsbury out schemed the Rams. And there was not a lot of like reliance on talent. And when you have a guy like Kyler Murray, who had a horrible game, so maybe that wouldn't have worked anyways. But I feel like that's just a bad game plan to begin with. It makes me ask the question, should the Cardinals keep going with Cliff Kingsbury? He is now in year three. He was brought in to develop Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray just wet himself on the biggest stage. Weren't you supposed to be able to like, wasn't this the moment where you're supposed to be able to do exactly what you did in college? Right. And I think coming off of two bad years, two non-playoff years, at least the leash is pretty short is one playoff appearance where you embarrassed yourself any better than not making the playoffs at all, like from an evaluation standpoint. Yeah, I, I feel like it's worse, right? I, I feel like it's worse that you go out yeah, there and it was a draft down that, too, yeah. Right, right. You have that like flat performance in what is the biggest game of some of these players' careers. And I get it. I get it. For a lot of these players, in particular for Kyler Murray, this is his first NFL playoff start. Sure. I understand that. But when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury, who has been questionable down the stretch of the NFL season altogether, and then the Arizona Cardinals still finding their way into the playoffs. And I understand they lost DeAndre Hopkins at one point, I believe it was week 14 when they lost him for the season, all of that. I, I get that there's they've dealt with some stuff, but look, 
every team has dealt with some mm-hmm. stuff. Even those Los Angeles Rams that just absolutely throttled you on the national stage. I think that this looked like a team to me that wasn't coached up and prepared for the moment. That is the big yeah. thing for me. They were not prepared for this moment. No, and I think after, I mean, you play a team three times, your game plans are going to have to get a little wonky because you can't just go bring out the same stuff that they've seen and studied and all that. But it felt to me like Cliff Kingsbury kind of wanted to win by himself instead of win via Mm -hmm. his players, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Strategically, and I think that also, I don't know, yeah, you just didn't have them ready. They're a young team, I guess, um, and they played like a young team. But if you're Arizona and you're thinking, okay, are we running this back next year? Are you running this back next year with that young team? Or is maybe a real coach better who will run something more normal? But is normal right for Kyler Murray? Do we want to put Kyler Murray in a more standard offense, like an air raid or a spread or something like that? Um, Like a more pro style offense, like or do we want to go get a different guy out of college? Like, I don't know. Getting rid of Cliff Kingsbury sends Arizona into a very weird dimension where a lot of different things can happen. And a lot of those things are bad, but keeping him, you might know that it's something bad. And it's just a matter of how much confidence you have in the guy. Yeah. Look, they flipped Kings uh, Cliff Kingsbury from taking that USC job three years ago. Maybe they go and flip Lincoln Riley from taking a UNC job and let Cliff Kingsbury go and take the reins over for the USC Trojans. I would get as creative as possible. I'm not suggesting that that's Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Uh, (laughs) The inevitable Lane Kiffin. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) that's a joke um, for the Locked On Vikings uh, listeners out there who had to sit through 30 minutes of me talking about Lane Kiffin. (laughs) once last week i did that to them yeah uh one of the one of the big key moments in this game of course when you're already down a bunch and you know you're down multiple scores and you're just trying to make something happen was the the interception that uh kyler murray threw that turned into a pick six the nfl playoff shortage shortest uh pick six in nfl playoff history by the way but it was just one of those moments where like those are the types of moments where youth shows right i understand Mm -hmm. you're trying not to give the other you're you're trying not to give the opposition two points there but then you turn around and then you cash them in for four points instead like four extra points instead eventually five once the PAT is made. Those are the types of moments where coaching matters, confidence matters, preparation matters, all of that. Because it's tough when you're pinned back like that. I understand. But you can't make those types of decisions, even to the point where Booger McFarland is saying things like, what in the Carson Wentz, right? Like, that's that's huge. Uh, Booger's dunking on you. Right, (laughs) right. It It was a tough, tough matchup for both these teams that are obviously... Very familiar with one another. Um, you know, we should give Raheem Morris a ton of credit as well. He put mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on Kyler Murray. They did a great job containing him. He didn't really get loose. Uh, the coverage was fantastic downfield. They did a lot of really good things all throughout. Vance Joseph and his defense did some things nice early. Those guys are going to both be sort of coaching candidates going into the next portion of this NFL head coaching cycle where, like, what, a quarter of the teams are looking for coaches at this point. But uh, the big question mark in Arizona, I think, has to be where are you really comfortable running this mm-hmm. thing back going into next season? Do you give it another chance or is it time to pull the trigger at this point? Yeah. And we might see Dallas make this decision. Right. 
Um, and it's int- very interestingly on the other side of the ball tonight was Raheem Morris, mm-hmm. who has also been in that situation. If you remember, right. Tampa did that to him for Dirk mm-hmm. Ketter, and it totally didn't work out. And he might be a cautionary tale. By the way, now he goes to travel to Tampa Bay for a nice little revenge game in the playoffs. Um, but that whole, hey, you know, our head coach is good, not great. Is he holding us back? Do we Mike Munchak this, get rid of him, you know, promote the the next, you know, the heir apparent and, and you know, move on with the next chapter. Does that turn into a Dirk Ketter thing or does that turn into the great what could have been? Right. Um, you know, wh- where would Arizona go? I would say if you're a Cardinals fan right now and you want to get rid of Cliffs Kingsbury, I think you have to know what you want your alternative to be. I don't think your alternative is fire the coach and let's go do a search um, like it would be for some somebody like Jacksonville where it was like obvious that needed to happen. But speaking of searches, the Raiders are now doing more than one. We're going to talk about that and we're going to talk a little bit just about like the general state of the league right now. Like you said, a quarter of the team's looking for head coaches, playoffs still going live. Uh, the, the league is in flux. It's always a fun time of year. So we'll talk about all of that. Uh, but first, let me talk to you about Bet Online. So I have been absolutely in love with Bet Online's live betting module and their player prop the builder. Betting. Their player prop builder is awesome. I did great on this Cardinals. Uh, Rams game because bet online let me do Cam Akers over 28 and a half rushing yards. Oh, my! they let me bet that at even odds. Yeah, it was gorgeous. You can find all sorts of weird stuff in their player prop thing because it's so detailed. You can find weird stuff like there. And that is where you can find that edge. So head on over to betonline.ag. You can also bet on like spreads over under whatever, right? All the normal stuff. And you can bet on much more than just football. You can bet on basketball, hockey, golf, tennis, MMA, even play your favorite Vegas casino games. And if you enter promo code locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, you can get a 50% welcome bonus. means whatever you put in for your first deposit, bet online matches half of it and plops that extra money right into your account as free play money. So head on over to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on and get yourself a gambling bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody rolling right along with today's episode of Locked On NFL. It is Tuesday. It's Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, daily host of Locked On Vikings and daily host of Locked On Saints here with you. Uh, We appreciate you, as always, making us your first listen of the day. We talked about the Arizona Cardinals debacle and how they might be undergoing a search, depending upon how they react to it. Is it too reactionary? Is it not? However, There's a team that's going to be undergoing another team that's going to be undergoing yet another head coaching search, but also now a GM search. The head coaching search for the Las Vegas Raiders kind of expected the GM search, though, made official, Luke, as the Las Vegas Raiders move on from general manager Mike Mayock, formerly of NFL Media, one of the better draft minds out there. He was brought in to kind of help out with the draft, although John Gruden kind of was getting final say on everything. Then once John Gruden was, uh, well, okay, resigned sure whatever uh once he was gone uh then mike mayock kind of became the decision maker and they kind of moved on from from him at this point so now they're the fourth team that's now looking for a general manager uh and it's it's a tough search to open up but was it the right move for the las vegas raiders i i kind of agree i think it was i think it was the right move for them I have to know more about the Raiders. I have to find some some your boy Q over at Locked On Raiders <laughs> and listen to it because here's what I want to know because those drafts have been really weird. Mm-hmm. But right now my understanding, and Raiders fans yell at me if I'm wrong, is that at the top parts of the draft, John Gruden kind of had control and that gave you things like Cleveland Farrell fourth overall. 
And then in the bottom parts of the draft, Mike Mayock had a little more control, and that gave you things like Hunter Renfro in like the sixth round. Hmm. So if that is the division of labor that I understand it, then Mike Mayock, I feel like, did his job really well, and John Gruden didn't. It was very clear what the problem is there, but obviously there's a lot more going on behind the scenes, and the Raiders are a, a franchise in a lot of flux right now, so it's it's difficult for me to argue with. Um, and again, go go check out your boy Q. He knows a lot more about the Raiders than I do. Um, but it is now, it becomes the, the fourth opening. Now there's four teams looking for a head coach and a GM at the same time. And now that, that adds a little bit more competition, but considering the state of at least the bears and giants, um, and if you don't like the whole inheriting the Kirk cousins and the cap situations of the Vikings, this could be an attractive destination. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, look, this is a playoff team, right? Like this is, this is a team that made it to the postseason. Uh, a couple of things that stand out during Mike Mayock's tenure. Uh, the Cleveland Farrell pick is a great one. The Damon Arnett pick, mm-hmm. the Henry Rugg situation, unpredictable kind of thing when it comes to that, but still something that people are going to end up like every NFL media person that's talking about Mike Mayock being out in Las Vegas is also talking about the Henry Rugg situation and stuff like that, that tragedy that took place. And I don't like know how failures you, in character evaluation. Exactly. It's all, that's exactly it. I don't know how you specifically, you know, keep an eye out for that specific type of situation, but the character evaluation part of it is key. Don't forget. This is also the guy that, you know, made a move to trade for Antonio Brown and that didn't go well personally nor professionally, right? So that's the other piece to me that you look at beyond just the draft. What were some of the other moves that were made with Mike Mayock around and with John Gruden being a part of that conversation? John Gruden, of course, being kind of the driving force behind trading Khalil Mack, for instance, stuff like that. And then having the nerve to come around and say, well, you know, pass rushers don't grow on trees. Well, okay, John. But, you know, so I think those are kind of the things that you look at. But outside of any of that situation, now that you moved on from Mike Mayock, it sort of removes the chaotic feel that came with the Las Vegas Raiders beforehand. And I think that matters for a future GM that might move in. They have two interviews scheduled as well as an internal candidate that they apparently very much like. And then you have the open coaching search that's there as well, which Coach Passaccia will continue to be a part of, but it looks like they're going to continue to look at other candidates from around the NFL. So I wonder if maybe now moving on from Mike Mayock was a part of maybe trying to increase the stability of the perception of the organization. That might be a tough sell because, Mm -hmm. look, Al Davis was crazy at the end and Mark Davis is not that much less crazy. So those those regimes, yeah, they've had a lot of chaos uh, in, in the Raiders, but uh, a, a look at stability might be really good, but speaking of that, here's the interesting thing for me. What does this mean for Derek Carr? Right. Because for sure. whoever comes in didn't draft him, didn't mm-hmm. have, extend him, has no loyalty to him at all. Um, he just played in his first playoff game in year eight, and he didn't win it. Uh, that's yeah. not success even like stats and he has played well and he had that one MVP caliber season that he's still kind of riding off of. Is that somebody that if you're a GM, you come in, you inherit that team. Is that somebody you go, all right, yeah, let's build a team around this guy. Or do you dump him off to some team in desperate need of stability, like Houston or the giants in desperate need of a, of a quarterback that's just respectable at all. Dump that on, on somebody else and then go build a, you know, a young, exciting team that can get butts in seats over there in uh, the big old black hole. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and maybe that's one of the reasons why you look at, okay, we, the look, the trades, the personnel moves that happened under Mike Mayock, those things have been very beneficial for the Raiders as of late. So instead, you bring in a new general manager who makes that call, right? That do you, if they trade Derek Carr, if they move on from Derek Carr, maybe you have a little bit more confidence in a decision that is made by a different general manager. You know, it was kind of like, you know, when the, um, uh, from just a little bit of personal experience, when the New Orleans Pelicans were looking at moving and Antony, uh, Anthony Davis, they were looking at, do we bring in another GM first or do we allow the first GM to make that kind of move? The Raiders could potentially be in a similar situation, depending upon what coach comes in, right? If a coach comes in and says, I want to work with Derek Carr and that's where the organization stands, all of that, then that's great. But if not, you probably would rather trust that in your newest hire as opposed to trusting that in the guy that you're already probably sort of having some second guesses about to the point where you're willing to, to move on from him. And not only were you willing to move on from him, speaking of chaotic sort of unstable structure, news broke that they were interviewing other general managers before the news came out that oh Mike Mayock was even relieved of his duties. So that's the Great. other piece to all this. Great situation. Too, right? <laughs> but I guess nobody is like, nobody cleanly moves from moves on from an entire front office structure like that's not Mm going to be a smooth it's like nobody looks cool taking their socks off it's like just a (laughs) law of nature i i dare say that you know my my stance socks make me look really good when i'm taking my socks off All right, I'll leave all that to the experts. And you should also leave your taxes to the expert, especially if you have some unusual circumstances. You might have some complicated taxes. That might be very scary, but TurboTax Live has you covered. They have experts that are into that. They love to solve that puzzle for you. Maybe you inherited something that you need to figure out if you're going to write it off. Maybe you change jobs. Maybe you're freelance now and you need to figure out how to do that. Anything interesting in your life might affect your taxes and it might mean an even greater refund. So let the TurboTax live experts, you can match with the right person who can handle your unique situation. Everybody's different and you can do it right from your phone or your computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you. Whether you launch your own startup, your you're working multiple jobs, juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing and they've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. All right, Luke, Super Wild Card Weekend is in the books. We now we need to take a look at all of the things that are going to be in line over the course this week before we get to the divisional round. Let's start off with the games for next weekend, just to kind of mm-hmm. go over these. So we're going to have a Saturday doubleheader, a Sunday doubleheader. We'll have the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to take on the Tennessee Titans. That kicks us off for the weekend at 4.30 Eastern time. Then we have the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Green Bay Packers that evening. That game will be in Lambeau. We get our number one seeds from each division, or excuse me, from each conference playing uh, throughout this weekend. Then we've got for the Sunday doubleheader, the Los Angeles Rams traveling to take on the Tampa Buccaneers. And then the Buffalo Bills will travel to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, a rematch of last year's AFC conference game. So out of those four matchups, I'm expecting we're going to see probably not as many, well, certainly not as many, but I don't expect that we're going to see the blowouts in these four games that we saw over the course of the first few. Yeah, and we saw, like, look, we've had dud wildcard weekends where some of the games aren't, like, particularly competitive, and they end 27 to 10, and these were, like, shellackings. These were historic. Yeah. The, the Bills pitched a perfect game. That's like right. never happened before. 
in the way that the Bills did it. Nobody ever did what the Bills did to the Patriots, and that's insane. And what's interesting about all those blowouts is that all the teams that blew out their opponent, Bills, Chiefs, Rams, Bucks, they're all playing each other now. And what ended up happening, if you watch, like people probably checked out, and I don't blame you, but go back, if you checked out, go back and watch like the fourth quarter of those games on Game Pass if you can, and watch how weird and tricksy the play calling got Mm. in like the third and fourth quarter. Everybody kind of brought out weird stuff. You had the Rams doing double passes, the Chiefs were doing weird goal line shovel pass stuff, and that's really interesting because you're up four scores. You don't need to be breaking that stuff out. So to me, that reads as a a little bit of gamesmanship. And it says the next team tells the next team. Now you got to watch for this. You know, if you have a little stupid pop pass out of the wildcat that Kansas City does now when they line up in wildcat on the goal line against the Bills, the Bills have to pay like Leslie Frazier now has to pay attention to that. And he has to tell the safety to worry about that. And that might slow the safety down just enough to make an advantage on a run play. That kind of gamesmanship is going on right now, and it makes those Sunday matchups super, super, super interesting. Everybody's coming off a blowout where they could use the second half to try to lay down game tape that their next opponent would have to worry about. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, that is. That absolutely is. It'd be interesting to see how that manifests itself in the in these games, too, because right now you've created a tendency. Do you follow through with that tendency, or do you break that tendency and do something even mm-hmm. trickier at some point throughout this game? And the game, defense is wider. trying to do the right. same cat and mouse. Are you going to break it, or are you going to... Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We did just get some new news. Uh, this is a, another coach on the move, not a head coach, however. This is a coordinator. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are planning to move on from defensive coordinator Ken Norton Whoa. Jr. The Seattle Seahawks it just defense. happened? Yeah, 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 literally like as we were going through it. So the Ooh. Seattle Seahawks are going to be looking for a new defensive coordinator. Luke, uh, uh, last week you and I talked about how some changes in Seattle might make sense. Uh, Seattle was 28th in defensive yards allowed and total, total yards on defense. 11th, though, in scoring, so not terrible there. But they were the 31st ranked defense against when it came to passing yardage given up uh, over 4,500 passing yards given up there 17th against the run. So not fantastic. They weren't great on the offensive side either. Let's, let's be real, but over on the defensive side, certainly wasn't the Seattle Seahawks that we're accustomed to seeing over on that side of the ball. So Ken Norton jr. On the way out, kind of wonder if there are going to be more changes made in Seattle, or if this is going to be kind of the, the big coaching staff shift here. Yeah, so according to Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks, um, they have Clint Hurt is going to take mm-hmm. over there, and he had been linked to a defensive coordinator job at the University of Miami. So maybe this is a move to keep a guy from leaving the col- to the college ranks. There's Smart. always interesting politics there. there. Um, that's that's really interesting. I, I think Seattle needs a little bit more change than that. Um, <laughs> but the the deal, and we talked about this last time, the deal with them is going to be, can they keep Russell Wilson happy? Can they keep him in-house? He did let yeah. out a go Hawks on the Manning cast, if anybody wants to know about that, for whatever that's worth. There you go. Somebody who wants to explore his options over the offseason has a lot of team pride all of a sudden. Uh, so, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and uh, Hurt has spent some time with the Seattle Seahawks. He was also with the Chicago Bears, their defensive line, assistant defensive line coach, and then eventually their Ooh. outside linebackers coach. Uh, and then also spent some time at Miami as well, 2006 to 2009. 2009. Uh, interesting fact about 2009, that was the season that the Saints beat the Vikings on the way to a Super Bowl championship. Just wanted to point that out. Uh, defensive I line coach. That. 
with Miami for fun, just for fun. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but this is now the well, next good thing part. it didn't cost the rest of drew Brees' prime i know right <laughs> the good thing about all of this though is that or the the fun thing about all this now is that now as the head coaching positions end up getting filled we'll see some action with all these interviews and everything i'm sure soon uh but as that starts to happen then the coordinator jobs open up and coordinators start to get on the move and everything like that so it's just kind of the next phase of the yeah. coach momentum as it moves forward yeah and it's as we watch the playoffs too who gets eliminated starts to matter you know dan quinn has a week of interviews now because his team's out um and so he's going he's interviewing like four different teams yeah he's very popular Um, at the moment yeah and like whoever like if the bills lose leslie frazier starts to do interviews brian dable starts to do interviews Um, and that can, sometimes that can affect who gets hired where, right? If you remember last year, there was a lot of steam about Eric Bieniemy and a lot of steam about, I believe about, uh, Byron Leftwich mm-hmm. coming out of the playoffs because of this Byron Leftwich's team winning the Super Bowl. Um, there was a lot of steam about him being a head coach candidate, but all the vacancies had already filled by then. Right. Um, so there can be a kind of weird tug of war between teams wanting to get things out of the way and get going um, and teams wanting to, you know, get their candidate before somebody else does. And then there's this rush. But then there's also this like incentive to wait because, hey, wait, I kind of like those Bucks coordinators. I should wait for them to lose. And what if they don't lose? That is an angle to these playoff games. It's not going to change the way any team behaves, um, but it's an angle to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you bring up the Bucks there because that's another one that has the two coordinators to watch out for, right? Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, both mm-hmm. sure to be hot names in this coaching cycle. So there's a lot to watch for as these teams get ready for the divisional round of the playoffs. And it's not just about the games that they're playing in. It's about the potential coordinators, potential you know, pieces of the coaching staff, pieces of the front office that are going to get a lot of attention over the course of this week and potentially get some jobs after next weekend. We'll see how it all ends up unfolding, but a lot of jobs open across the NFL. Yeah. And we're of course going to keep tracking all this stuff as it goes on. So make sure you are dialed in to the Locked On NFL podcast. Maybe even make it your first listen of the day if you haven't been already each and every day. And that means tomorrow we're all going to be back. Of course, Tony and, uh, and James will have you guys covered there. I'm sure they'll talk about some divisional stuff. I'm sure they'll talk about all sorts of things going on because things are moving fast this month, both on the field and off it. So in the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Make sure you can uh, let your boy Q and Lee Sterling help you out with your bets after you sign up for Bet Online. We will see you all tomorrow here on the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.